Thanks for checking out the Ascent Church podcast. Our mission is to reach, equip, and impact others exactly where they are as we rise to new life in Christ. We hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Thomas Lane. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you've been to church your whole life. That's incredible either way. But here's what I want you to know. You've probably heard of the concept as God is Father. You've probably heard that. God is Father. We pray our Father who art in heaven. Maybe you've heard that idea. Now, I'm not trying to say today, I'm not trying to introduce some strange theology that God's a father, but he's also a mother. I'm not trying to say that, but I want you to know that God's love is often compared to that of a mother's love. I want you to check this out. In Genesis, the first book of the whole Bible, Genesis chapter one, verses one and two, I want you to check this out. There's 31,102 verses in the entire Bible. And these are the two verses and how it begins. This is verse one. Check this out. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Before we know anything about God, before we call him father, before we know his love, before we know anything about him, we know that he is a creator. He creates out of nothing. It's the first thing scripture chooses to reveal to us about him and his nature. Let's go to verse two. The second verse out of 31,000 verses, it says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the water. Somebody say hovering. Is God a hoverer? Is he a clinger? You've been to the playground. Maybe this is you. I'm gonna call you out. Helicopter parents. You know that phrase? Like the kids on the playground and the parents are like. It's funny. There's two types of parents at the playground. One, literally your kid is upside down on the slide doing handstand and you're on Instagram being like, be safe. Watch your brother. Right, that's half of us. And the other half, you're the helicopter parent. You're the hoverer. You're like, oh my gosh, he sneezed. We gotta go to urgent care right now. Like what, you're just, you're listening. Like, where are you? Where's God at? Because it says he's a hoverer. What does that mean? Well, that word in the Hebrew, in this, the original language, you could translate it hoverer. You could also translate it flutterer. God's a flutterer. Like this, somebody give me this. Does that make you, is that weird? What does that mean, flutterer? What, what a weird word to choose of God. We don't know anything about him. We're two verses in and we see he's a flutterer. The second, really the first really like graphic physical image that the scripture gives us about who God is, is as a mother bird protecting his babies. His wings are over us. He's protecting us. He's shielding us. How does a mother bird protect its young? By shielding them, by guarding them. We're already introduced to the concept of the gospel that God is going to take the hit for us. He's going to protect it. He's going to take the hit so that we may have life and freedom. Verse two, in all the scripture, we see God as a mother bird who is willing to sacrifice for his children. God's love is a lot like a mother's love. What we're going to do today is look at one of the Psalms. It's a song. It's a prayer. We're going to look at it through the context of motherhood. That's what the text is begging us for. Is it possible? I'm just going to ask you this. Is it possible that God's love is most comparable to a mother's love. Is it possible? I don't, I don't know. Is that where the Bible starts here? Let's view God's love through the lens of motherhood. We're gonna go to Psalm 91. This is the song, it's a hymn, it's a prayer. Follow me to Psalm 91. If you have a Bible, cool. If not, it's all right up here behind me. Psalm 91, verse one, it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I came to tell you today, if you dwell, then you will rest. It's a simple formula. If you dwell, 
then you will rest. But I wanted to ask you, does anyone here ever really feel rested? You ever talk to somebody? Not, I would say nine, nine out of a hundred times. I say, how you doing? And either it's a quick, not oh, good, fine. But if they're real, they'll be like, tired, <sighs> busy. I hear this a lot, a lot going on, busy month, a lot going on. You ever say, how are you doing? And they said, you know, I'm just well rested. <laughs> how are you? I feel great. Got a lot of sleep last night. Nothing's going on. I feel fulfilled and rested. That's not how we act. And scripture may be giving us a clue as to why that is our condition. Yo, if we feel tired, maybe we're trying to do it without him. Maybe we're trying to do it without him. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, the reason we're financially exhausted is because we're trying to do that without him. Maybe the reason we're relationally exhausted is because we're doing our relationship without him. Maybe the reason we're emotionally, mentally, and socially exhausted is because we're trying to do this whole community thing without him. Church is not a priority. It's on the fringe. I'll go if I got time. I'll go if nothing else is going on. I want you to know this is a place of rest. This is a place of restoration. This is not a place you have to pretend to be someone you're not. Now, we might not agree on everything. We may not see eye to eye on everything. We may not all vote the same, but I think there's beauty in diversity. I think there's beauty in us getting here and exploring God's word together. That's what I'm excited about. I think that's one of the reasons we see so many cool things in this place, personally. Personally, if you occasionally obey, you'll be occasionally rested. Now, I'm not trying to be like, Mother's Day, let me encourage you. Boom, I'm not trying to be like harsh, and like make you feel guilty and just be like, just smack you down. But that's what it says. If you occasionally obey, you'll be occasionally rested. I want you to take a step back and say, why am I so strung out? Why am I so tired all the time? Why am I so frazzled? Could you, could it be? You're trying to do it all yourself. You're trying to do it without them. Because if we are, if we occasionally obey, you'll be occasionally rested. Do you occasionally obey? I don't want to be a place that obeys when it's convenient. That we just say, yes, Lord, we'll do what you say when it fits my schedule and my agenda and what I have going on in life. I want to be a people, I want to be a place that's two things, that we obey when it's inconvenient and that we are fully rested. I want to be a place, I want people to meet you, see you at work, see you on the playground, see you in the sports field and be like, something different about them. Something's, something's off. I, I like it. I don't know what it is, but like, what, what? And maybe you've had this happen to you. Something's different about you. I can't put my finger on it. Like, what, what is it? And this is not an opportunity to brag, but just to explain, you know, I have, you know, I have God in my life. I know Jesus. I know he loves me. I know he died for me. That should yield different results. Let's obey. Let's be a people that are rested. St. Augustine famously said that our hearts will not find rest until we find rest in thee. We're constantly looking for rest in things. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's career. Maybe it's in your sex life. Maybe it's at the bar. Maybe it's social media. Whatever it is, you will stay restless until your heart can rest in him. The one that'll never let you down. Never turn his back on you. That's willing to die for you. Only him. Only he can give you true soul rest. Let's go to verse two and three. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's what you need to be saying heading in to get that diagnosis. That's what you need to be saying heading into that disciplinary meeting at work. That's what you need to be saying when anything in life is coming your way is you need to remember this. You need to memorize it. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I don't always understand what's going on. I don't always see down the road, but I know I'm trusting in him and I'm resting in him. Got to hold on to that. 
Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Once again, we're being compared to little baby birds in the nest that God's going to protect us from. Fowler snares is someone who catches birds. Scripture's saying there are some things that are out to get you, that are out to get your marriage, that are out to get your finances, that want to trap and ensnare your kids. Did you, did you know that? Are you aware of that? That should put us on edge. It should put us on notice a little bit. But God's got your back just like a mother bird does with her babies. Mama had your back, did she not? She did. And a lot of times she annoyed you. Don't lie to me. You rolled your eyes. You slammed your doors. You were a little brat. And now your kids are doing it to you. Comes full circle. But mama had your back. Mama was saying things to you and you used to roll your eyes. And now you hear those same things coming out of your mouth. You thought you'd never say it. You thought that would never be you. And you, you, you'll be mad at your kids and you open your mouth and your mama will come out. And you're, there's almost this moment you're like, she was right. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor, tell him she was right. Why are you acting surprised? It's almost like, I can't believe she was right. But she was right. I will keep preaching it. For the mamas in the house, she was right. Got some frustrated mamas. She was right the whole time. Look at this, verse four and five. He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. How does a shield protect you? It takes the hit for you. Don't miss that. All throughout the Bible, we see what we call the gospel. The gospel is this, that we are more loved, or rather, we are more sinful and flawed than we would ever dare believe. But at the exact same time, we are more loved and accepted in Christ than we would ever dare hope. All throughout scripture, we see God is saying, I'm your shield, I'm your shield. And he proved that on the cross. He did. He went, he sent his son into this place. Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. Jesus took the hit. He paid the penalty, the punishment of sin and death so we didn't have to. All throughout the Bible, it said he's going to do it. He said he was your shield and he actually did it. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. He just, he listed some threats that might come at you. And there's a common theme to all these threats. The fowler's snare, um, the terror of the night, arrows that are flying, pestilence stalking in the darkness. The common theme is this. You don't see them coming. This is not an army of 20,000 marching into your neighborhood. No, no, no. These are threats that you don't see coming. He's saying, look, God is big enough to protect you from those two. He is. He absolutely is. The pestilence that stalks in the darkness. That sounds like the stomach bug. Right? It sounds like it to me. If you have kids, it's hit your house. All right? In the last three months, some of y'all, it's, it's been rough. The pestilence that stalks in the darkness, it sounds like a Lego on the floor. Now, some of the dads are saying amen. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you might not have kids of that age. Pestilence that stalks in the darkness is this. You're, you're barefoot. You're about to go into bed. You'll say, I'm going to go make sure the door's locked. I'm going to go get a snack. I'll be right back. And you're walking through barefoot and your, your foot connects with a little red Lego turned up and you, 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 ooh. you'll string some words together you didn't think you knew. You say, I need to go to church. I need to get in the word now. I didn't know I had it in me. Things will happen. Things will happen when you step on that Lego. You need to understand this. Mama protected you from some things you didn't even know about. God has protected you from some things you didn't even know about. 
You need to understand that. Sometimes we walk through life, we don't understand that. Can you see an arrow coming at you at night? No. Can you see a pestilence? Can you see a sickness? You can't even see it. It comes out of nowhere. God has protected you from some things you don't even know about. God has protected your marriage from some things you don't even know about. He's protected your finances. God has protected your kids from some things you don't even know about. You need to understand that. You need to sit back and thank him for that. Some things that the enemy, some arrows that the enemy's trying to shoot at you, you don't even know about. God's taken the hit for you. Seven and eight. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. He's saying, look, you're here. 10,000 may fall here, so-and-so there. He's saying, look, just worry about yourself. It's not gonna, hey, don't worry about you. You know, just don't worry about them. Just focus on what I'm doing in your life. Let's talk about comparison. Moms, you struggle with comparison. If I could be real, every hand would have gone up. Not just the moms, the dads too. We all struggle with comparison. Why do they drive a nicer car than me? Why do they live in a different neighborhood than me? Why is their kid not a little savage at the restaurant? How come your kid's sitting there eating politely with a fork and a knife? What? How does that work? My kid is literally doing handstands. How does that work? My kid literally is drawing on the wall in the restaurant. Oh, it's easy to compare. But the danger of comparison is this. If you feel like you got your stuff together and you're looking down on someone, you'll be puffed up with pride. You might feel like super mom. You might feel like super dad. <laughs> Loser. I'm just a better mom. My kid doesn't act like that. My kid didn't do that. My kid learned to read first. My kid got into that school. But if you hold yourself at that standard, if you feel like it's all on you, the opposite will be true as well. If you feel like you're a failure, if your kid is slower in an area or, or, or acting crazy with this or that, you'll feel like it's all your fault. You'll feel like a failure. You'll feel so, so small. You feel, you'll feel like you failed in this really important area of life. I want to ask you, moms, have you ever compared yourself to someone and it actually helped? Have you ever compared yourself to anything or anyone and it actually helped the situation? Did you ever learn something? Did it ever bring value or life? Or did it just bring misery? Y'all, we got to quit comparing. Y'all, motherhood is hard enough. Fatherhood is hard enough. We got to quit comparing. God's got you. And he's going to get you through this. Don't worry about if someone's so, if a thousand are falling here, 10,000 here, don't worry about them. Worry about you. Focus on where God is leaving, leaving you. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. Now, this is a promise. Verse nine, if, somebody say, if. If you say, the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, then no harm will overtake you. Wow. No disaster will come near your tent. So when you hear that, here's what it sounds like. Sometimes I think we either don't read the Bible or if we do read it, we try to read so much and so fast, we just skim it. And we don't actually sit and chew on it a little bit and digest what it's saying. Here's what it sounds like at first. It sounds like if I go to church, if I give my life to Jesus, if I give, if I serve, if I'm a good Christian, then my life's going to be easy. Nothing bad's coming my way. I'll just get random checks in the mail will come to me. I'll just find $100 right on the ground. My kids will all be little angels. Everything will work out. That's not what it's saying. That's not what it's saying. Overtake doesn't mean bad things won't happen. Did you catch that word? It said no harm will overtake you. Bad things will still happen, but... They won't overtake you. Here's what I mean by that. It won't defeat you. 
They won't define you. They won't limit you. Bad things will come your way. You'll have challenges. You'll have heartache. You'll have hardship, but they will not defeat you. They will not define you and they will not limit you. Somebody needs to get excited about this right now because somebody has been held down. You felt trapped. You felt defeated and you looked to the word of God and you said, wait a second. I thought if I believed nothing bad would happen. They never promised that. Overtake does not mean bad things won't happen. You know what it means? It means you can look back and say, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. I went through some hell last year, but I'm still standing. Oh my, my marriage has been through some stuff, but I'm still standing. I got chewed up and spit out, but I'm still standing. We had financial woes that came at us. We never, we didn't know how we'd pay the bills, but I'm still standing. I went through some dangers and toils and snares, but because he is my refuge, I'm still standing. That's the difference. And that's far more powerful than God promising nothing bad's gonna come your way. That's better. That's a testimony that toughens you up. That makes you strong. That gives you power. You can relate to someone. You can look them in the eye and say, listen, I know you're going through hell right now. I've been there too, but look what Jesus did in my life. Everybody wants a testimony. Nobody wants to walk through the fire. Some of y'all are walking through the fire right now and you've just been looking in the mirror. Why is God doing this? Why am I learning this? Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for somebody else to lift them up to pick them up, to speak that to your kids or to your grandkids or to that coworker or to that friend. Maybe that's why it's happening. Don't miss this. Look, bad things will happen, but they will not overtake you. They won't defeat you. It won't define you. It won't limit you. You might get kicked in the teeth, but you're going to get up and you're going to keep fighting. You're going to keep grinding. You're going to keep moving forward. Verse 11 for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands. Once again, slow your roll, slow down, see what it's saying. They will guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up. Did you catch that? The Almighty himself can send angels to guard you in all your ways, but you still are going to need to be lifted up. You're still going to need encouragement. You're still going to need community. You're still going to need encouragement. You're still going to need to praise him just because God is in your life, just because he is protecting you, just because he is guarding you does not mean for a second. You still need him to bend down, to lift your chin and say, my child, I'm still with you. My child, I still love you. My child, you might not understand it right now, but I have a plan and purpose beyond what you could ever imagine. That's what we need. That's what you need. Life is not all cupcakes and rainbows and frolicking and butterflies. It's not. But that's what some of you thought. You came to church, you gave your life to Jesus, and you thought this is going to be a cakewalk. This is the warning right here. This is how it is, y'all. And some of us have been mad at God. Here's what I want you to know today. He didn't promise you wouldn't need to be lifted up. He promised to be there to do the heavy lifting. Let me say that again, because some of you right there, you said, God's mad at me. He abandoned me. He's left me. He's left my marriage. He's, he's strung me out. He's hung me out to dry. He didn't promise you wouldn't need to be lifted up. He promised to be there to do the heavy lifting. You need to know that. You need to swallow that. And God's painting a picture in this text about someone on a journey. 
someone taking steps, someone moving forward, someone, someone, someone on a journey in life, because we're all on a journey. He's painting a picture and you might be afraid to take a step because you might be afraid where you're going to land. You might be afraid to commit to that relationship. You may be afraid to commit to this church because you've been hurt before. You, you may be intimidated to go back to school or commit to that person. You may be intimidated to step out in faith. You don't want to strike your foot against the stone. You don't want to fall. You don't want to step on that Lego, so to speak. And some of us are so concerned, so fearful of what might happen, of where we might go, of where we might land. We are locked and paralyzed in fear. Some of us see the path, but we see what could be down the line. And rather than move forward, rather than move backward, we're just stuck. I'm talking to someone today who's stuck, stuck in the path, afraid to move. Well, this verse is for you. They will lift you up in your hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. They will lift you up in your hands, in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. It's going to get even better. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. That's my favorite part, because just because you're loved doesn't mean there won't be lions and cobras in your life. Just because you can see the path and you see a lion growling at you, you see a serpent down there, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this, my mama said. Mama said, mama said. Mama said it. God said it. Now, mama might not have said it like this. She might not have said lions and cobras. That's how God said it, but it's the same thing. And notice the picture this paints. Notice what this gives us. It says, yes, there are lions and cobras. But it just said, God lifts you up so you won't strike your foot against the stone. See this. Not only will it not be struck against the stone, but your foot will be striking on top of those lions, on top of those cobras. Don't miss that. You're afraid to take a step because you don't want to slip. You don't want to step on a Lego. You don't want to twist your ankle. You don't want to fall. God says, you can, you can be fine. You can have peace taking a step. Not only will you not twist your leg, not only will you not step on a Lego, but I'm going to use that step to tread on some scorpions, to crush some cobras, to knock out some lions in your life. Do you understand the power of that. He's given us some lions. He's given you some snakes and on the path. And you thought God abandoned me. No, no, no. He set you up to take them down. You got to see the power in that. You've been afraid of them. What happens if I fail? What happens if God doesn't come through? What happens if they say no? What happens if it doesn't work? God is with you every step of the way. Romans 16, 20 says this. It says, the God of peace will soon, somebody say soon. He will soon crush Satan under your feet. It's coming soon. I can't have to tell somebody, you've been asking God how long. He said soon. He said sooner than you might think. It's coming soon. Whose feet? My feet. It's soon. This is now. I came to tell somebody, especially the moms, it's time to put your foot down. It's time to put your foot down when it comes to not gossiping about your husband, but honoring him and respecting him. It's time to put your foot down. It's time to put your phone down and really be present and focused at home. It's time, ladies, to put your foot down. It's time to fight for your family. It's time to fight for your city. It's time to fight for your church and your faith. It's time to put your foot down. 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's time to do some stomping. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to do some stomping because some of you, the devil's been talking. He's saying you're not enough. He's saying you don't have what it takes. He's saying you'll always be here. He says you're not enough. You're never going to be enough. When you hear those whispers, it's time to tell the devil in Jesus' name, Satan, get to stepping. That's what you got to tell him. You got to tell him, get to stepping. You got to tell him, get to moving, get to stepping. When you feel condemned or not enough or like you failed, it's time to tell the devil, get to stepping. Where are the fighters at? Where are the strong women at? Do we have a few in this house? Ladies, it's time to put your foot down. It's time to take a step. It's time to take a stand for your kids, for your family, for your household, for your future. Scripture's calling us. Are you willing to put your foot down? It's time to put your foot down. Does God have some things in your life that you thought were there to destroy you? You thought they were going to define you? These are hurdles. These are challenges. You thought they were going to destroy you, define you, and limit you. Could God have put them in your life so that you could crush them? So that through his power, you could crush them, you could destroy them, you could knock them out? It's time to be a strong woman of God. It's time to take a stand. It's time to raise those kids right. It's time to make an impact. It's time to be the strong, powerful, godly woman or man of God that he made you to be. It's time to take a step. It's time to put your foot down. Don't miss what the text is saying. It's saying this, not only will your foot not be overcome, not be destroyed, not only will your foot not be overcome by coming down, but it will come down on all those things that have been holding you back. It'll come down on all those things that you thought would destroy you, that you feared would define you, that your nightmare said that would limit you. God wants you to take a step. He wants you to put your foot down because he says he will soon crush Satan under your feet. Do you understand the power of that? Do you understand what that means? Do you understand what that's saying? So many of you right now, God's put a path and you've been afraid to move down it. God's being so motherly right now. He's being encouraging. He's saying, I'm with you in this. He's saying, I believe you on the journey. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to lift you up if you need it. You thought those lions and cobras were to deter you. But in reality, they're for you to step on. They're for you to crush. They're for you to destroy. God's love may be most comparable to a mother's love. He lifts us up when we need it. He speaks life into us. He encourages us along the journey. God's love is always with you. Just like a mother's love, God's love is always with you, especially to scoop you up and carry you when the journey gets most difficult. What are you going to do today? You know what your cobras are. You know what your snakes are. You know what your lions are. I wanted to ask you, are you going to take a step? Ladies and gentlemen, especially the moms, are you ready to put your foot down? Are you ready to tell the devil in Jesus' name, it's time to get to stepping? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for encouraging us because God, we need it. We know that you love us. We know that you have a plan for us. We know that you encourage us, but God, we still struggle. We still have doubts. We still have fears. Those lions growl pretty loud. 
We know what the venom in those snakes is capable of. We're, we can be afraid. We can be fearful. We can be hesitant to take those steps. God, help us know beyond a shadow of a doubt what your word says, what your scripture says, that they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. That God, we will tread on the lion and the cobra. We will trample. God, you've called us to trample. You've called us to be tramplers. You've called us to put our feet down across all those things that have been holding us back. God, help us know that those things coming our way will not overtake us because you are our refuge and our strength. They will not defeat us. They will not define us. They will not limit us. God, give us the power through your spirit to go out into this world and know whatever comes our way, that you are here, that you are good, and that you promise that if we are in you, we give our lives to you, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, give us the strength to put our foot down. Give us the power in Jesus' name to tell the devil to get to stepping. Get to stepping out of my marriage. Get to stepping out of my thought life. Get to stepping out of my finances. Get to stepping out of my kids' futures. Father God, we love you. And we thank you that your love is, we might call it reckless. Not irresponsible, not not crazy. I say reckless in the sense that it is something we don't expect. Something we certainly don't deserve. You lavish it upon us freely. We thank you for that. We sing out to you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus is on the move in Virginia Beach. And if you would like to learn more about who we are and our mission, follow us at Ascent Church 757. If you would like to give to further our mission to impact this city and beyond, you can do so at our website, ascentchurch.net. We hope to see you soon.